Welcome to the Gym Session, brought to you by Sportsmate Mobile and Footy Live. It's time to chat all things football with your host, Jimmy Sabo. Hello and welcome to the Gym Session Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Sabo, and I'm here thanks to Sportsmate Mobile and the Footy Live app. Please download the app today for all your news, stats, scores, and of course, podcasts. And if you're liking this podcast, please rate and subscribe um, if you want. I mean, I can't say how to live your life. I'm not the premier. But no, we're not going to talk about politics on here. Um, I was actually... I was actually reminded of that the other day. Someone said, don't talk politics. And it's true because, well, apparently um, you you lose about 50% of your, of your audience when you when you talk politics. And I thought, oh, shit, I will left with just mum or dad. Um, so no, no politics today. We'll be like the AFL and avoid it. Um, speaking of AFL, I've got one of footy's best broadcasters coming on for a chat today. 3AW's Shane McGuinness. It is no surprise I look up to Shane a lot, not just because he's taller than me, but because he's a brilliant professional and also, more importantly, a great person. Um, He's going to give us some insight into his work and also a preview for the finals coming up this week. Yes, it is finally finals time. I can't wait for the traditional start on October 1st as we dress up in our footy colours and make the famous walk to the couch. In all honesty, I don't think I've ever been more excited for footy finals uh, when there's not much to look forward to in lockdown. Um, we're locked up in our houses. Footy is the, the great escapism that we need, especially if your team is playing. And we have four Ripper games coming up this week, so it's going to be great. I cannot wait. There wasn't any footy last week, so we can't do a punderful round recap, which a lot of you would be thrilled about. But we'll do a pun per team for the finalists before we get to today's interview. Yes, Jimmy! Port Adelaide, can he do it? Hinkley should have the power to serve it up to the Cats. Some hot lad hams mixed with butters, sprinkled with pale pepper, and washed down with wines should satisfy the hunger of the Adelaide crowd. Geelong. Danger, danger. Geelong's first final record is catastrophic. Although maybe Gary won't ab let it happen again. Brisbane. Shooting from the hip would let them down last year, but if their confidence can McStay, they won't be faking into the distance on Friday night. Richmond. They're missing their linchpin, but work of arts could help them forget that. Another tough, scrappy, dusty, grimesy performance may help the Tigers make it cotch into another prelim. St Kilda. Could it be the year of the rats? They're made of steel, up for the battle, and a butler is serving the king. Maybe you can pay off some billings if you chuck money on them. Just kidding, they're a bit of a long shot. Bulldogs. The whole comp has been trying to study English this season, and now they may be able to celebrate the exam on Saturday with a cool beverage. Some say the fans are laughing at the fact punters are tipping the Saints. They'll just have to bite their Lipinski and let the dogs have their day. Collingwood. Most predict the pies are cooked, although Bucks thinks they need to stay in a bit longer to come out brown and crisp. They must show more and be noble. With the will, to win, the most important thing to get the going. Let's hope their performance doesn't have as much collie wobbles as these puns. The last episode of Simpson was quite humorous, as the Eagles fans were laughing for days. 66 points was the final margin, and the side will want to barass the pies again. Kennedy controlled his land like a president, and everyone knew she'd be right against the magpies. Think the Eagles can't do it again? Don't worry, darling. That was horrendous, I apologise. 
Today's guest is one of the most talented, insightful, and professional sports broadcasters in our great country. His extensive knowledge has seen him cover a huge number of important sports and events over the years, such as the Australian Open, Formula One, MotoGP, the Olympics, Commonwealth Games, A-League Cricket, Golf, the Super Bowl, and of course, our great game of Australian Rules Footy. This man both informs and entertains us with his captivating columns, rigorous reporting, and brilliant broadcasting. It's three AWs, Mr. Shane McGuinness. Shane, thank you so much for giving up your time to have a chat with me. Oh, Jimmy, thank you very much for the introduction. Absolute pleasure, mate. Nice to chat. No worries. Out of all those sports that I've mentioned you've covered over the years, which one is the most enjoyable for you? Uh, look, I'll probably say the, the Australian Open tennis. Yeah. That's probably my, my favourite event in totality, just because of what it does yeah. for Melbourne and I think Australian sport in general, the, the global feel of it, people from all over the world, media from all over the world. Uh, I've always said it's a, it's a mini Olympics in Melbourne uh, every year and uh, certainly when it comes to the Grand Slams, no one does it better and uh, that's probably where I got my start as well. The very first gig I had was the Australian Open for oh. three so it's always, uh, it's always been close to my yeah, nice. Well, before we get to the footy, I just want to ask, do you still follow every one of those sports just as closely? Like, are you still up watching the Formula One and MotoGP, even though they won't be in Australia this year? Uh, look, I, I think it, it ebbs and flows. Um, obviously, when it's footy season, that's where my head's at. Yep. Um, uh, around Formula One time, given Australia has the first one of the year, um, I'll, I'll do more research on it around that time. But I, I always follow it. I, I enjoy it. Um, pretty much all, all sport, whether it's the Formula One, the MotoGP. If I miss a couple of races during the season, so be it. Kind of the same with the NFL. I absolutely love it, but yeah. I've got to admit, I don't get up at 3 a.m. Uh, <laughs> every, every Monday morning as religiously as some, but um, I think also, you know, Foxtel and apps these days can take a lot of sports and all fast forward through yeah. it and just watch some of the highlights, the, the highlights that I see. And, um, I mean, especially for an NFL game, it serves you almost uh, three hours. That's it. That's it. And you, you said you started your career um, covering the tennis. So you started at 3AW, I think it was back in 2008 in January. How did you actually yeah, that, break into that, the industry? Yeah, yeah, that, that was it, Jimmy. Um, yeah. I just finished uni in 2007. I'd always wanted to, to get into to sports broadcasting. And uh, look, it's a very competitive industry. Mm-hmm. And yep. um, I, I reached out to a, a number of organizations, including 3AW and Triple M and the ABC. And everyone was, was lovely, but there just weren't opportunities. And then uh, I gave it one more crack after mm-hmm. completing my dip-head in 07, and Graham Bond at the time was uh, running sport at 3AW. He said he'd give me a crack at the, the tennis uh, for the 2008 Australian Open, and, and the rest was history, and I got an opportunity to call that year. Uh, obviously, tragedy had struck 3AW uh, in January of 2008 with the, the passing of Clinton Grider, mm-hmm. someone that I uh, bottled myself on and yeah. always looked up to and uh, and then there, there were opportunities stemming from that and um, kind of the, the rest is history you, you get more opportunities as you capitalize on, on those that you get first so I did footy and then all of a sudden the Olympics came up and Commonwealth Games and uh, here we are 12 years old. Yeah so how was that actually getting into footy and, and broadcasting and commentating with some of the big names like Rex Hunt how are the nerves and, and how did you deal with that sort of experience? Uh, significant, yeah. significant nerves. Uh, it's fair to say. It's yeah. interesting. I I had a lot of anxiety going through yeah. um, university when I first got into media. Uh, I'd experienced real bad anxiety um, uh, before my first few games. 
Jimmy O'Bear at Etihad Stadium in the MCG, and I actually threw up uh, probably for really? the first, first half of the season. I threw up before every game. I was just that nervous. Would I get the players right? Would I yeah. sound right? Would I compliment Rex Hunt, Dennis Kennedy, Tony Leonard? Um, was my career hinging on, on every call? And uh, you'd make mistakes along the way, as everyone does. And, and thankfully, Fred, I mean, the listeners are forgiven, forgiving of those early uh, mistakes. But, yeah, I had high anxiety. And you you have to back yourself in. And I've said that to other people that, you know, wanting to get into the industry, you, you'll have that anxiety. But you've got to back yourself in. If you make mistakes, yep, so be it. You move on and everyone makes mistakes. And even the best, be Bruce McAvaney or Brian Taylor or whoever it may be, player ID will, will sometimes catch you out. You'll be exposed, but you move on because all the critics on Twitter and whatever it may be, guarantee you they're not going to have much better player ID at the end of the day. That's it, 100%. What type of um, preparation or schedule do you have before a game? Because I know I've, I've talked to some commentators before and they say they like to write down the names of players on a paper, recite them during the week or write down some interesting facts. Is there something particularly you do to get ready for a game to commentate? Yeah, I, I reckon everyone's different. I yeah. always try to steal the, the best ideas from others. We yeah. had Dennis Cometti or uh, Clinton Grivers and, and Tim Wayne, see what they did and I'd steal their ideas and and the like. I usually um, watch on, on Fox Footy the, the two teams that I'm going to be calling that weekend. I won't watch the whole game. I'll just fast forward through it and make sure that I can pick up the players to the best of my ability. And if there's someone I don't know, try and see if he's got bleached blonde hair or if he wears highlighted green boots and the like. And then the night before the game, uh, we get team sheets from Champion Data. I'll take those and I'll add my notes to it. So I usually have, try and have a couple of notes on each player. Mm-hmm. It might be where they're recruited from, it might be where they went to school, it might be who their best mates are, it might be who they idolise, but just so you can add a bit of colour and flair to the commentary as the game goes on, and then obviously you're trying to find a few stats, what's the most goals they've kicked in the game, uh, what's the most possessions they've had in the game, how many possessions do they average, again, not to bombard the listener, but to complement the yeah. call, because if I'm just calling each player as they go, um, I think there would be a lot of commentators doing better than what I would be, would be doing. I really, I really admire the, um, the fact that you're not scared of sharing your opinion either or, or asking a question, especially the coaches. I have to ask you about the, um, the Ross Lyon incident, if that's okay. It came up again at the, at the start of the year too. I think Ross responded on a podcast or something like that. Can you tell us about the incident? Uh, it was fun, um, to, to say the least. When we talk about anxiety, I don't think I've ever felt it quite the way I did after that. Yeah, I bet, yeah. It's, it's, it's funny, because actually that day, I wasn't working that afternoon for free AW per se. I'd, I'd gone down and was just sitting in the commentary box with uh, the, the lads calling mm. the game, and um, I'd done a lot of work with 6PR that year, so I wanted to just see Fremantle. And I thought after the game, I'll go down, I'll help out three AW in the newsroom, get the press conference. I went down to the presser. And bobbed up my question of Ross, we saw a number of players go down off the ball. Was there a message before the game that you wanted your players to be physical at all times? Or was that... Well, I'm not sure what you're alluding to. Are you talking about Dockers players or Geelong players? Well, I think you're out of line because what I saw, I saw some Dockers players go down off the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have a message to your players in particular? What do you think? Well, I just think it's a silly question. We play within the rules. What's your name? Mine. Yeah. Shane. Shane who? McGinnis. Okay, that's the best question you can come up with after two hours of footy. You're quite brilliant, Shane. Yeah, terrific. Yeah, just go to behind the girls' vision and have a look. We'll see what comes out. Terrific, Shane. Yeah. And I was going to say, I, I never expected that. <laughs> um, after the bait the first time of what's your name and you're quite brilliant, I thought, all right, well, 
That's it. I, I can guarantee you I was sweating bullets at the time, Jimmy, and yeah. every other journalist were all standing in a line horizontally. Everyone took a step back <laughs> and uh, basically fed me to the walls. And uh, what was that, 2013? So here we are, yeah. seven years on, and uh, it, it's still basically any time I put a comment out on Twitter or an opinion or I might get something wrong, that's the first line that comes <laughs> up. You're quite brilliant, Shane. I, even, I did find it funny that... Uh, Channel 9, Footy Classified, they've got a, uh, a segment for Ross and I on the Wednesday, Footy Classified, of You're Quite Brilliant, and they yeah, did ask the yeah. executive producer for a few royalties from that, but I'm still waiting. <laughs> that's it, we handled it brilliantly, uh, that's for sure. Uh, it's time to talk about this week's footy, if that's all right too. I can't wait for Thursday. Does Port have a, have the power to beat Geelong, in your opinion? I, I think this is one of the biggest finals uh, that we've seen in years, yeah. namely for Geelong, Jimmy, the fact that their record in, in week one finals is so poor mm. in recent years. I think they've lost six of their past seven week one finals. Yeah. And obviously, venturing to the Adelaide Oval is, is a massive task. Don't call Adelaide have the ability to win. My word, they do. To be honest, I, I had this as my grand final, Port Adelaide yeah. and Geelong. Uh, the power top of the lateral year, Geelong, I think they're the most balanced team of, of any team in the finals. Uh, I, I, I think Geelong can course the upset the upset being that it is at the Adelaide Oval I just think the Cats have everything to play for if they can't win uh, tomorrow night Tuesday night given their experience given they've got the All-Australian captain Gary Ablett's last year the Coleman medalist in Tom Hawkins then I don't know if maybe the window slams shut mm. or, or closes significantly for Geelong if they can't win it tomorrow night, but this is going to be a ripping clash. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait for Friday either. And despite the game being played at the Gabba and the Lions obviously finishing higher on the ladder, the Tigers, who are without Tom Lynch as well, they go into this one as the clear favourite. Are you expecting it to go that way? I think Brisbane will have learnt, um, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. I, I, I know there's a lot of rave about Richmond, but there have been some games this year where they've played really dour, um, low-scoring football, and I'll just be intrigued to see what Brisbane do mm. on Friday night and whether or not, if they can get their accuracy going, that's what let them down earlier in the year against Richmond, if they are accurate in front of goal, if Eric Hipwood has a good game, if Charlie Cameron's able to get a few snags, then maybe Brisbane can finally turn the tide. Tom Lynch is a, a massive omission. Um, obviously, it's going to be a big game for Jack Revolt. If he can't fire, then all of a sudden you're taking a, a lot of the scoring potency out of the Tigers. Uh, I just reckon Brisbane will have primed themselves mm-hmm. for this game, and the fact that they played last year in a qualifying final as well, I, I still think have a bit of a sting in the tail for the Lions. They deserve the opportunity, Brisbane. I think they need to capitalise on it on Friday night. Mm-hmm. The Saints, they're probably the feel-good story of the season, I feel. Yeah. Um, do you think they're a chance against the Dogs? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This is the feel-good elimination final. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, you don't want either team to lose. That's right, exactly. It's, it's season over. The interesting thing for the Bulldogs is they finished seventh. Last time they finished seventh in a final series, they went on and, and won the grand final in 2016. So, uncharted waters, uh, I mean, finals... We, we always talk about the increased pressure that comes about in finals. Is St Kilda ready for that? I have no doubt Brett Ratton will have primed his team uh, to expect the, the Bulldogs to come out all guns blazing. They are the story of the year by far, St Kilda. And I think regardless of result, um, they deserve the accolades. I think Brett Ratton is the coach of the year, what he's been able mm-hmm. to yep. um, 
dig up at St Kilda, and I, I still get the feeling, uh, take nothing away from David Teague, but I, I still reckon it's a lost opportunity that Carlton, this time around, to never a solid look at Brett Ratton. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, last one, is there any hope whatsoever for the Pies on Saturday night? Oh, there is. Yeah. Oh, look, I know it's an Optus stadium, but all the talk is about um, Collingwood being in, in quarantine. The benefit they have, at least they've been together uh, at the Jubilee Resort in uh, in WA. They've been training together. They've been uh, a lot of team bonding. Let's remember the Eagles. Yes, they've been able to train, but they've been housebound as well. And mm-hmm. as we certainly know in Victoria, being housebound is, is just as frustrating. So they've been having yeah. to do their own quarantine. Um, the West Coast Eagles. Yes, it might not be as rigorous as that of Collingwood, but uh, the, the Magpies will be primed. The Eagles certainly go in as favourites. I expect West Coast to win, but I wouldn't be at all surprised to see an upset here. They played a, a magnificent qualifying final a couple of years ago at Optus Stadium. They've had some wonderful finals over the years, these two sides. Um, but we know that the Eagles are a different beast back in Perth. And, uh, they deserve to go in as favourites, but uh, I don't know. I just reckon Collingwood might have one more ace up this Oh, week. yeah, that's the tip of the week, is it? The the the, um, the upset, you reckon, if there's one, that yeah, might be at the post? I reckon there, there is every chance to Beware the oh, wounded man. There you go. There you go. Huge. All right, Shane. Well, we usually end uh, an interview with ten quick fire questions to re- reveal a little bit more about the guest of the day. Is that all right if I go through them? Go with you? for it. Shoot away. Let's do it. Your favourite food? Pizza. Pizza. Favourite movie? Uh, the Fugitive. Oh, nice. Uh, if you had the opportunity to spend a season covering the F1, travelling from country to country to report on the races, or spend a season in the US covering the NFL, what would you choose? F1. Oh, good. Uh, morning or night person? Night. Yep. Uh, I, I feel that's for all journos of all answered <laughs> night. I think it's the same, isn't it, for everyone? Uh, Favourite footy player of all time? Uh, oh, it's going to be a tie. Matthew Boyd and James Heard. <laughs> Who's your idol? Um, uh, it would be my dad. Yep. Good. Uh, would you rather do a hot lap around Phillip Island with Jack Miller or a hot lap around Albert Park with Daniel Ricciardo? Uh, Albert Park with Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah, nice. Uh, Favourite final? Um, look, the Port Adelaide West Coast final of a couple of years ago, elimination final, was a draw and then went on to uh, the Luke Shuey to, to win it for the West yeah, Coast Eagles. that was great. Uh, second last, what makes you angry? Apart from me asking too many questions. Uh, what makes me angry? Oh, my wife would say a lot of things. I'd say slow walking people. I get very impatient. Yeah, fair enough. Last one. Do you have a goal that you'd like to achieve before your media career is up? Which won't be for a long time, mind you. Hopefully not. I would love to cover Wimbledon. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. That would be great. Oh, that was brilliant, Shane. It's, a, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you today. You're someone who I really admire and a true professional, um, and myself and a lot of aspiring journos and broadcasters uh, around the country uh, truly look up to you, mate. So thank you very much for the chat today. Pleasure, Jimmy. Thanks for having me on. Yes, Jimmy! All right, it is time for everybody's favourite part of the show. Nico's joining me. Here we go, Nico. We'll be back after a quick break.
Nick off. Nick off. Nick off. Nick off. Thanks for having me on, James. This week, I wanted to talk about the recent news that broke mm. about Brad Crouch and Tyson Stengel getting caught in a cab with oh, illicit yeah. substances. Now, I know uh, we should give players benefit of the doubt when it's their off-season and whatnot, but from Brad Crouch, who, who who's a leader of his team and he's on the cusp of a big move in his career. He's obviously out of contract. He's, I'm sure a lot of teams would be interested in signing him up signing him up but um yeah to be caught with illicit substances that's surely i can't imagine any team wanting to sign him after that and with adelaide especially they get um a top three compensation pick if he leaves the club it's a big loss for adelaide because i i don't see anyone wanting to pick him up after that and also if they do retain him obviously he's a good player but I don't. Um, I think you would have lost a lot of points with the coaches after that. Well, hey, that's huge from you, Nico. Tell him, what do you got to tell him? Sorry, Brad Crouch, you can nick off. <laughs> nick off. <laughs> that is huge from you. So you really don't reckon anyone will pick him up after that? You reckon that's cost him the one I, little? Uh, oh, I shouldn't say it's why, little. But why would you want him after that? So Honestly, everything like, everything goes out the window. Him up after that, would you be happy? Um, well, I'd be happy. I'd, we're not going to get him, so I, I wouldn't. I know that, comment. but I, you, yeah. it's it's bad. It's a bad look. It's a ba- it's no. Bad it's definitely a bad. It's a bad look. There's no. There's no doubt about that. Does reputation a little bit of harm? Does it stop yeah. a club from getting him? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I, I think I think it would have lost him a lot of points, to be honest. But Ooh, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. But that's a good one from you. You came out firing. That's what we want from this segment. Hey, last week someone came out firing at you because of your segment. Nick off. It was that's Nathan true. Weller, your favourite, and he said, "Hey James Arbo, I listened to the podcast and and is this the following in capital? So he's shouting, and that was a terrible take from Nick. Horrible. I nearly threw my phone at the wall. Hashtag the gym <laughs> session. Nick off. Bang. And you said. Appreciate Big the feedback. Uh, care to elaborate? Love to hear your opinion on the topic. Or love to hear other opinions on the topic. And he was just yeah. basically summed up that uh, you're all pretty biased because if Hawthorne was getting um, a number one pick from an, an academy player like the Bulldogs um, are going to, then you wouldn't yeah. be complaining and you're only complaining about it because it's not Hawthorne. And there's no such thing. It doesn't. It's never going to be equal, so you should stop complaining about it. That was his point. Yeah. You you yeah. get a hit back? Yeah, I mean that's that's completely untrue. If if Hawthorne were going if Hawthorne won the flag, um I mean if a few years ago when we did win the flag, if we were getting a number one pick, the whole whole would have erupted and there's no way I would have agreed with it either because it it, it, it is unfair. This competition is built on equality and competitive balance. And, you know, if a team in finals is getting the number one pick, that that's not competitive balance at all. There's no no equality in that. So, no, I, I, I disagree with what he said. It's completely untrue. Um, I am a biased Hawthorne supporter, but I'm not that biased. Oh, debatable. But, yeah, no, that's that's true. Nice. Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. I appreciate when Nath gets involved because these are good topics. These are good chats. If you search the hashtag, the gym session, uh, that whole interesting um enthralling conversation is there if you want to add to it as well and hashtag the gym session if you want to hit back at nick about his comments today about brad crouch and let him know nick off um, what you think nico 
Um, can I just ask you, because um, I enjoy having a chat with you, is there any chance of the Pies beating West Coast? Because we just talked to Shane McGuinness, who said that that could be the upset of the week if there was one. Um, yep. And that's going to make uh, Frankie the Pie fanatic, who I'll read out his email in a second, is going to make him very happy and all the Collingwood supporters because they've been copping it from their mates saying they are straight out. What do you reckon? Oh, mate, when it comes to finals, I think everyone's a chance. Uh, there's no such thing as favouritism when it comes to a do-or-die final. Um, yeah, I definitely think I wouldn't be writing off Collingwood at all. They've got gun midfielders. They've got a good mixture of veterans and young players and yeah to write them off especially against west coast who have been anything but consistent this season so yeah i think collingwood are a good chance oh there you go bang well i might as well get to his his email now because i've talked about it he said if collingwood win will you concede that it is the greatest finals upset ever that's what Frankie the Pie uh, fanatic emailed in. Jeez, <laughs> I'm failing to see how it would even be an upset. I'm I'm seeing it how at would it more be an up- 50-50, at most a 60-40 in West oh, Coast favour. It's not I, an upset. I dis- it's not that I dis- much of an upset. I disagree. I disagree. What I've not seen anything from Collingwood to suggest that they will be able to beat West Coast. They're averaging, like, 56 points a game. They can't score. They can't move the ball down the field. They're missing a couple of key players. They've just showed no heart. They've showed no yeah. style of game that's going to stack up in finals. And then you've got West Coast who smashed them by 66 points last time they played them there, and they're in Perth. I understand that, but I think finals are a diff- different game. Yeah, that's no, true. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think... Collingwood would be playing with a bit of a chip on their shoulder after last year's final series as well, getting knocked out when they weren't expected to. Um, and, yeah, I think emotion plays a big part when it comes to finals footy. So they can ease... I'm not. I'm certainly not writing Collingwood off, but mm. it's also not going to be... Yeah, I don't think it would be the biggest upset of all time. No, it won't be the biggest upset. Oh, you know what? I'll come out next week and say it'll be. it's the biggest upset and they should be congratulated because I'm so confident they're not going to win, Nico. That's fair enough not to be confident, but I, I mean, yeah. I'll apologise to Frankie the Pie fanatic if the Pies win this weekend. I just don't see him doing it. And some people may say, look, Jim, you're just upset because Collingwood cost you your tipping competition in the last round of the season. And you know what? Yeah, you're right. I am I'm annoyed about that because they could have come out and beat Port and Port had nothing to play for except for the minor premiership, really. They would have, they would have been more comfortable, I reckon, playing us than they would Geelong. And uh, Collingwood needed to win. They needed to show some heart, and they didn't. Did you tip Hawthorne over Gold Coast? I certainly did. <laughs> I did. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I, so I actually, uh, it was a draw on on the last game of the round, and I needed. To, he he was beating me by percentage, so I went the pies just to try and get it, and yeah, it cost me. <laughs> yeah. But I'm anyway, like... yeah, no Hawthorne. That was a good win. But let's not talk about Hawthorne. All right, season's over. Okay. Thankful. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, mate. Look, always a pleasure, Nico. Um, can't wait to talk to you next week and see what you've got for us. So look out for something to be pissed off about this week and bring us another good segment. Thanks for having me on. It's always been, it's, it's always a good chat. No worries, mate. Always a pleasure. See you, bud. Nick off. All right, I wanted to get something off my chest, and it annoys me because every single year the public is not happy with the All Australian team. Now, fair enough. Maybe this year it wasn't as I don't know, accurate as other years. But at the same time, like, can we not 
congratulate the players who made it. Like all 22 men selected had outstanding seasons. And imagine being one of them as you, you scroll through social media and the world's throwing a hissy fit about your receiving award for a solid contribution. I didn't like it. I mean, look, Nick Nat, Christian Petrarca, Lockie Neal, they're the good news stories. You know, they had a combined total of just two All-Australians prior to this year. And finally, they were appropriately rewarded for their brilliance and consistency. And then Paddy Dangerfield, sixth time he's made it. And uh, he's added as the um, the team captain to his long list of achievements, which is great. First time team captain. There were 12 new faces in this squad. And I don't think you can say any of them didn't deserve it. There was also five first-timers. Now, while I say they didn't deserve it, you could have put others in their place, but they all had great seasons. And who would have picked at the start of the season Brad Shepard, Luke Ryan, Nick Haynes, Darcy Moore, and Darcy Byrne-Jones to be in the All-Australian side backline? Nobody. And that doesn't mean that I don't deserve it. And the same for Caleb Daniel, because he finally gained some recognition. I think he deserves. He's a fantastic player. So I was so happy that he made it. And I think... There's so many feel-good stories from this year's All-Australian team. We should focus on them rather than the negative ones. But in saying that, I don't think the AFL minds um, that there were so many negative reports because all week, all of last week, we didn't have any footy, but we still had content because we know the draft period comes around and everyone can't get enough of who might go here, who might go there. Oh, this guy was spotted in the club. He might be having dinner next week. He might tour this and fine, whatever. I, I don't really like those sort of articles, the speculation. I don't really get much out of it. But saying that, the AFL loves it because people are clicking, people are tuning in, and uh, people are watching and absorbing the content and looking at advertisers, and, and that puts through revenue. They're also looking at all those. There was also the opportunity to write all those articles saying the biggest snubs of the All-Australian team. Everyone clicked on them. Everyone... Uh, added to the conversation which is which is fair enough you, you're welcome to do that but i just think sometimes let's just congratulate the guys who make it i don't know maybe maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm different before i leave you to go and enjoy footy finals week and get excited about the footy that's coming up on thursday friday and saturday i wanted to talk because this is, this is a hot topic and i wanted your opinion on it hashtag the gym session and let me know another pre-finals bye week has passed and a lot of people are debating this do we like it um jared waitley was real strong on this he said it's an unnecessary irritant which is what i call collingwood supporters we're told it's to enhance the quality of finals and i don't think it is i don't think it does that but prior to 2016 i don't think there were bad finals were they i don't think i think it happened obviously um because was it brad scott who rested a remarkable amount of players, and they had to change it. Another, um, another change on the run because of one incident. Uh, I don't think it serves its purpose. Like, I think you lose momentum a little bit. I mean, you've got to fill the week up with something. And last week it was obviously the All Australian, and then the the articles that followed that, and that sort of content. I think we should just go straight into it. It's an annoying week. It is a bye week. Interested what you think? Because do you think like a few players are coming back from injury? They've got the one week of rest. Does it make a difference? I don't know. Even then, though, I mean, sometimes it doesn't make a difference. Tom Lynch isn't back, and he had a week. But then you've got some West Coast players coming back. Interesting one. I'm interested what you what you think. Um, I'm going to say if I had the choice, I would not have the bye week. I would just go straight into finals and let's play. Let's not lose any momentum. And let's dominate the sporting landscape with games rather than speculation. I don't know. That's just me. 
Uh, hashtag the gym session. Please get involved in the show. I had real good fun today. And uh, Shane McGuinness, what an absolute legend. Um, go and follow him on Twitter and read his stuff because he's someone I absolutely uh, admire a lot because of his professionalism and the way he goes about his business. If I could um, kind of base myself on somebody and strive for that position in the future, it would be Shane. He's a legend. It's been another good, fun podcast. Get involved in the show. Make sure, rate and subscribe, please. And unless your team's playing Richmond, I hope they win this week. And until next time, take care of yourselves.